Welcome. This is the podcast series dedicated to living a revenue culture. The pandemic reminded us that business survival is about creating maximum profit, and that's only accomplished by a purpose-driven, people-first culture. So that's what we're going to talk about today with Lynn Guerin. And Lynn and I have been friends probably more years than either of us are going to admit. We were in our each other's weddings and uh, went to school together. And I've watched Lynn, um, after he got out of school, go to work for J&J, and then a long, successful career with Sandy Corporation, then build his own company, which dealt with some of the, the biggest companies in the world. And then lately, he's become a, an author, and can, he's been connected for a number of years. And I'm going to let him tell you more with uh, Coach uh, John R. Wooden. And so Lynn's written a book on Coach Him Way Up, Five Lessons for Learning the Wooden Way. And he's launched a wooden course that certifies coaches. And that's all based on the life lessons from Coach Wooden. So I have read Lynn's book, and I can tell you it is well worth reading. Uh, no matter what you've read before, this is going to give you some value. So welcome, Lynn. Hey, Rick, great to be with you. We have known each other for a lot of years from our days at Western Michigan University to the, that little uh, trailer that we uh, lived in uh, right beside the, the smelliest gas pumps on planet Earth or whatever that was. So we, we had, uh, yeah, we, we've been together a long time, shared a lot of things uh, in life and business. And it's great that, you know, we can have relationships that last that long. Yeah, no, we lasted that long. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> oh, you know, I've read the book, and of course, I've known you for a long time, but I, I really was, it was fascinating to, you know, read some of the, the steps along your journey, and so, and how you got connected with Coach Wooden, and why you're so passionate about it. So I'd love to have you just kind of give everybody a, an overview of some of that history, and, you know, how it got you to where you are today. Yeah, uh, well, quick snapshot. Um, coming out of a, a bachelor's and master's degree at Western Michigan University, I worked with a couple of uh, really interesting big companies that get my business career started, Johnson & Johnson and General Electric, uh, you know, came across the sort of ultimate corporate leadership models at big time companies like J&J and then spent uh, four years kind of uh, in the throes and in the shadows of Jack Welch, uh, one of the renowned of all time, uh, you know, as one of America's great uh, corporate leaders and talk about that a little bit in the book. And those were very interesting days and very interesting uh, leadership styles. But then I went to work for a consulting and training company whose business was all about performance improvement. And they like to talk about closing the gap between performance and potential. They even had a logo uh, that represented that missing, missing piece. So I, I've spent now four decades working on that whole idea of helping bridge the gap between performance and potential. Uh, and uh, with Sandy worked on some, some very big projects with the likes of IBM and General Motors and actually helped invent a luxury car company from scratch the Infinity Division of Nissan yeah. and uh, helped to, to uh, invent that franchise and train every employee and every dealership 
uh, worldwide, uh, traveled to, to, to Russia and uh, traveled to China and uh, traveled to Dubai. And we helped to establish the Infinity brand uh, around the world. But again, consistent with that idea of uh, they, they wanted to kind of reinvent the luxury car business and they wanted to do it around a concept called the total ownership experience. So that's the kinds of projects and things that I've been working on my, my whole career. And then uh, actually uh, left uh, Sandy to start my own company, Garen Marketing, and had the good fortune to win a contract to help launch the University of Toyota, who was at the same time that we were launching Infinity, was launching Lexus. Um, and in that process of launching the corporate university, we got involved in developing some modules around coaching and leadership and uh, the idea of putting some of America's best coach coaches in front of a of a video camera and just asking them what great coaching was all about and what a great coach looked like. And uh, when you begin to look around and say, well, who should we put in front of this camera? Well, there was only one person that was at the top of everybody's list, and that was Coach John Wooden, you know, the UCLA icon that built the greatest dynasty in the history of college basketball. But more importantly, was probably one of the most uh, renowned and respected men uh, and just one of the unique human beings that's ever walked this planet. Uh, the fact that I had the good fortune to work with him personally for over 20 years and now with his family for 10 years was a life transforming experience. And in that process, what I was able to learn were some of these key concepts that Coach Wooden developed uh, that helped him create the greatest basketball dynasty uh, ever. But more importantly, the way in which the man lived his life and the person that he was, the person that he become, uh, became the life lessons he taught and the opportunity to help others uh, do the same. And that's what caught caught my life <laughs> and, and uh, really a passion that I've had now for, for over 20 years. And our core mission in life is to try to, we don't have to do anything to cement John Wooden's legacy. It, it's solid forever. But the idea of passing on these important life principles, particularly the pyramid of success to a generation that doesn't know him, and maybe in a, at a time and in our country when uh, these ideas are more important than they've ever been. Well, you know, Lynn, you, you mentioned the pyramid of success, and I, I have to ask you to say a little more. I look at the, the pyramid behind you, and I'm guessing there's a link between those, those two things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is a, actually is a beautiful carved pyramid of success. There's act, it's one of three that exists, and it was actually carved, a beautiful wood carving, carved by a, by a vice president at the In-N-Out Corporation. We had an opportunity to take their top 200 leaders through an event with Coach Wooden himself where we used the basketball floor in the classroom to teach a lot of these principles. And this gentleman was so moved by that experience that he came back a few months later and had this amazing piece of woodwork uh, that I absolutely cherish. There's three of them, uh, one of them in the uh, UCLA Hall of Fame, uh, one of them that belongs to the Wooden family, and, and one I have. And it's a, a daily reminder of the power and the potential of putting your life on the pyramid of success and the things that it can do to 
change your life and more importantly, help the people around you. When, when people think about Coach Wooden, of course, they, they think about basketball. <clears throat> but when you bring uh, his, his life learnings and you know, his beliefs and how people treat each other, you don't just take them into sports. But what, who's the, the people that you are uh, sharing this with and how are they applying? Yeah, I, you know, Rick, it's funny. I think I think I could be talking about Coach, about Coach Wooden right now uh, if he'd have never even coached UCLA basketball. I think somehow the the man he was, the character he had, the intelligence that he possessed, I think that would have would have come to the forefront of American culture in whatever uh, profession John Wooden chose. Luckily for us, he chose to be a first a teacher and then a coach. Uh, and, you know, actually, he didn't set out to do those things. He actually went to Purdue, uh, the greatest college basketball player of his era. He was actually the Michael Jordan of his day, 1932, the player of the year, could have played pro basketball, and actually went to Purdue to be a, a civil engineer. His idea was that he was going to be he was going to build roads and bridges. And there's a certain irony in that, because I think that's what he ended up doing his whole life. <laughs> he, he built roads. He built the way to get from where you are to where your greatest potential is. And, and he built bridges from points you are to points you want to be. He had the ability to see the bridge. Uh, take the bridge apart, put the bridge back together, construct it, and then, oh, by the way, lead people across it. So I, I think John, we'd be talking about John Wooden if he'd have done something other than uh, been a basketball coach. But, you know, we, we and he says the same thing. Well, if I hadn't won all those national championships and if I hadn't had all those great players, you probably wouldn't even be talking to me. And uh, to some degree, he might be right, but it was really the person he was, the character he had, the intelligence and the common sense approach to life living and life lessons that just made him so special. When you were around him, Rick, and I had a chance to spend hundreds of hours with coach, and even the first couple of times, I mean, I was so overcome. Um, you, you walked away from a meeting with Coach Wooden with this impression, man, I gotta be a better man. <laughs> he just had that, he just gave you that, wow, whatever this guy's got, I, I got to get some of that. Uh, and, and, and that really has become my mission over a 25 year, not only to get a little of it for myself and don't know whether I have or not, but to share it with others because he, he's transformational. Uh, I like to think he has generational impact on you. He can change the trajectory of your life and the trajectory of your family for generations. Lynn, you know, one of the things that business is struggling with in this point in history is, you know, for a long time, you know, business just kind of hired bodies like they were uh, human beings waiting to be replaced by a robot. And they <laughs> didn't really focus much on, you know, evolving the person in the company or in the culture. And you know, when we look at really successful companies today, they tend to be, I hope, more uh, Coach Wooden-like than you know, being a temporary person waiting for a robot. 
And the cultures are required for an organization to be successful in the short term. But more than that, the organization's got to turn over the responsibility of creativity and customer relationships and you know, training and all those things to the culture. No leader can do all those things. You know, so how does coach, because it sounds like Coach Wooden was about you know, helping all his, whoever he touched, be better and not because they were going to give him something in the short term, but because they were creating something great in the long term. Is that what you saw or? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a good way to describe uh, what he was about. Um, you know, he would describe himself at, with these words, I'm just a teacher. But what he taught was really the game of life. And, and he did it, um, you know, the game, life was his game and the basketball court just happened to be his lab. <laughs> uh, and he, he was a lot more interested in, uh, he felt his goal was first to create good people and then, oh, by the way, create good basketball teams uh, and, and create a great experience for them on, on campus at the university. And obviously everything that goes with, you know, with big time college basketball. And he's probably the guy single-handedly put college basketball on the trajectory that it has today. I, I think actually some sports historians point to one game when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, played um, the Houston Cougars. And um, that, that was the game um, that I think was the first major televised college game that was played in front of 60,000 people in the Houston Astrodome. And, I, I, and that, that's kind of identified as the linchpin, the launch, uh, if you will, for everything that's come since then, when you think about March Madness and the furor that, you know, college basketball uh, creates. So, but, you know, I think Dick Enberg, um, you know, the famed broadcaster who was a very close friend of Coach Wooden and actually broadcast some of Coach Wooden's early UCLA games, he stood up at John Wooden's memorial service and shared these words, that John Wooden's greatness was only exceeded by his goodness. And that phrase to me is the essence of everything that Coach Wooden was all about. And as you, as I link back to this, what you're saying about companies, until companies begin to work as hard on the goodness and the possibilities as they are on the greatness and what the company should be and the revenue they should build and the markets they should build, they're never gonna be everything that they can be. Uh, Jim Collins wrote a book, uh, you know, Good to Great years ago, and many of the companies he profiled in that book even aren't around anymore or certainly aren't part of those great companies we talk about. I think a lot of those companies are not there because they missed that opportunity to create the goodness while they were also trying to create the greatness. Yeah, and <clears throat> I, I couldn't agree more. And one of the first, I, I remember that game between uh, Houston and UCLA and if I remember correctly, uh, Kareem got a poke in the eye. And if it hadn't been for that, they would have, you know, not lost to Houston. I remember that game. Yeah, I was trying to recall that the, the important other player in that was Elvin Hayes. Oh, yeah, Big E. He was, yeah. he was the other great big man. And he had a very big day that day on 
Kareem, and uh, he did outscore him, and they did uh, beat them, uh, w- which was uh, pretty significant because they had a long winning streak going. But um, Coach Wooden also felt that same way, and he tells the story about he knew that he was going to get another shot at Houston come the tournament, and he thought a, a healthy a Kareem would make all the difference. And oh, by the way, the next time they absolutely trounced him, <laughs> uh, I think in the NCAA semifinals. So, yeah. but that was the game that pretty much put big time college basketball on the map. Yeah, for sure. Now, one of the things that, that we see is uh, the widening of what uh, a culture, a good organization thinks about. And there's this debate that, Corporation's purpose is to make money for stockholders. And I think we're getting past that and that we're engaging, you know, the the employees. And now we're even starting to engage the community that an organization can't just make money and not pay attention to the environment or just make money and not pay attention to the, the people that work for them and making sure their kids get educated. You know, from what I could understand from your book and from what I know about Coach Wooden, you know, he, he was about making the whole community better off. Is that a, a fair statement? Yeah, I think he, I think he was all about trying to make uh, life better for every, everybody he touched. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. He, he often used the phrase, a number of interviews I did with him and other people, you know, when he was asked how he wanted to be remembered. That's always a question that always came up in an interview with John Wood. Coach, how do you want to be remembered? And, and he always had the same simple but powerful answer. I'd like to be remembered as someone who was considerate of others. How high was the consideration bar for John Wood? Right? We think uh, today we actually have a have a chart that we describe as the wooden way to organizational excellence. And on the right side of that chart, we have two words, character and consideration. Uh, and if everybody in an organization literally adopted that mantra, we wanna be considerate of others, all the people we work with, all of the people we work for, and all of the people we serve. Uh, man, that, that is an absolute game changer. So you get good character people with uh, with an understanding of what real consideration for others is. Uh, you're going to be very, very successful. Well, I love that. And it's it's interesting. You know, you talked about getting the, the right people. Um, it seems to me that often we, we misunderstand, you know, when Jim Collins wrote Right People on the Bus. I think people interpreted that as, well, you, you know, you have to have the right academic credentials or you had the right last job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things you said when we kind of started this off was the purpose of, you know, spreading coaches' beliefs and learnings was a, a major life purpose for you. And I think we missed the opportunity to help people have a, a, a career where they're driven by the purpose that their organization is, is living for. And do you, you've taken uh, coaches material into for-profits and not-for-profits. You know, have you got any stories about how people in the profit side 
you know, because some people say what you're just talking about soft or, you know, it's nice to have, uh, but, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what it's like to have it in the for-profit world. Well, it, it's interesting. I'll share. Uh, I wrote the book with a, a fellow named uh, Jason Levin, who actually became my business partner. He started out as my client, uh, literally picked me out of the phone book, uh, looking for some way to, uh, to transform his own leadership and coaching uh, phone book. It's a pick me up off the uh, off the Internet um, and uh, also was looking to, to transform the culture of his company, was looking for a model to do that. Uh, uh, lives in uh, Newport Beach, California, and remembered seeing on the wall of an elementary school there the pyramid of success uh, that's been there for a number of years. And that stuck in his head as a model, started to do a little homework there and come to find out there was actually somebody who was out teaching that kind of stuff. Well, Jason has really transformed himself and his own company around this idea. Uh, he now, uh, inter everybody that he interviews, he uses the pyramid of success as a behavior filter for those interviews. He uh, redesigned his HR systems. All of his evaluation of his employees now uh, are based on the pyramid of success behaviors. They do uh, major websites and technology integration projects with large companies they review the results of all of their projects with their clients in the work of their team using the pyramid of success behaviors because he believes it's the most complete blueprint that you can possibly find for what high quality behavior looks like as people work together in a company and as you work with clients and work with each other um, that's just an example but i could give you some other examples. Chick-fil-A is, is another good example. They, they brought Coach Wooden um, in uh, back, I think it was 2007. Coach would have been 97 years old, if you oh. could believe this. And they brought him in to speak to 8,000 people uh, that were all the owners and operators of all the Chick-fil-A franchises across America. Uh, and I actually spent uh, a period of time preparing the at that point was the senior vice president a gentleman named tim tosopoulos to personally interview coach wooden on stage in front of all those people and we had some sensitivities you know at 97 is he going to forget something is everything going to go so i was very sensitive about him being you know interviewed in that but you don't have to worry about coach he was as sharp at 97 <laughs> as he was at 47. Uh, but but we we were very uh, cautious and very prepared and wanted to prepare Tim to the best of his ability to conduct this interview. Good thing we did because they're still using that interview 14 years later and they use it with every single franchisee that comes into the Chick-fil-A family. Um, we actually took that interview and broke it up into little video clips. There's probably 70 or 80 of them. Every question we ask coach they use in a process of teaching and orienting uh, their people to that uh, culture. Uh, if you might notice, Tim actually wrote one of the forwards in our book. <coughs> uh, he read the book and we, we were doing some work with Chick-fil-A uh, operators um, across the country and talking to Tim further about, he was such a believer in, uh, that, in the culture they developed. And oh, by the way, um, 
that day, we actually had an opportunity to have John Wooden sit at the lunch table with Truett Cathy, who was the founder of Chick-fil-A, the man that invented it from scratch, who was very Wooden-esque himself. I, I, I'd have given anything to have a video camera to have recorded that conversation that those two high character men had at that lunch table that day. It was, it, people were absolutely memorized listening to those two great men share life and values and wisdom, very special time. <clears throat> that's that's amazing. I, I would love to have been in that room. Uh, now tell me, you know, you're talking about your partner and his company and how he uses the pyramid. Um, do you have feedback as to how the employees uh, adapt to it, appreciate it, live with it? Yeah, they're they're into it. <laughs> I mean, you, you'll find that they've all read the book or books. Uh, there's two books we use, our Coaching Way Up, and then there's a, a little a book called Wooden, A Lifetime of Observations and Reflections, written a number of years ago. That's probably the best primer if you don't know much about John Wooden or what his philosophy is. That's probably the place to start. They actually also built a series of uh, pyramid visuals that they have on their screens and that they actually have up around the company. Uh, they took every block of the pyramid and created a separate poster with the definition and they have those all around. Uh, we build it basically in their branding and color. They have uh, weekly meetings around uh, the pyramid and uh, how it applies to what they're doing every day. They also have uh, awards that they give in the company. They have a competitive greatness award. Um, and, you know, coach's definition of competitive greatness is the enjoyment of a difficult challenge and being your best when your best is needed. <clears throat> that poster would work in every company in America because that's ultimately what companies are trying to accomplish. Being their best when their best is needed and embracing the difficult challenge. And boy, what, what a message in the COVID days, right? Yeah. We've never had a more difficult challenge that we're trying to figure out. So the attitude and energy and approaches we bring to a difficult situation like that, the pyramid, pyramid is a very powerful framework. And that's a little bit of what our book is all about. You know, how, how do you begin to coach yourself in your most challenging of situations and also coach yourself for the best opportunities you have to be your best and more importantly, to help others become their best. We like to talk about coaching as an opportunity and a privilege and a responsibility to serve. That's what we think real coaching is all about. It, it seems like you know, we, we hear people talk today about collaboration. We need more collaboration. We need more team play. Uh, I'm assuming that when you bring people in, you know, and you start with the pyramid, and it's part of what you do, uh, that collaboration is really at a very different level than when we don't pay any attention to that at the beginning. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I know that uh, collaboration is one of the, you know, sort of the hot buttons out there, but, but John Wooden had a block on his pyramid called cooperation. <laughs> and it's pretty hard to get people to collaborate if they won't cooperate. Uh, and uh, when you learn and get people excited about cooperation and Coach Wooden 
had a really interesting definition of cooperation. He defined it like this. Listen if you want to be heard. Be more interested in finding the best way than in having your own way. Well, when you get people uh, who are really focused on finding the best way to do things, and they're not very, they're not that interested in, in worrying about the credit or worrying about that their way is what needs to get done. And oh, by the way, you got everybody in your organization listening to each other. Believe me, collaboration is going to happen, and, and you're going to have bright, energetic people coming together, uh, accomplishing significant things. The key to collaboration is cooperation. Love that because it. That's where organizations um, get so tied up in uh, individual department uh, grievances or egos and silos competing with each other. They're, they're not looking for any kind of cooperation. They're looking for personal optimization. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's fine to... Um, uh, Boston Celtic great Bill Russell, I had a great way of describing, you know, when, when you looked at the great championships and Bill Russell was one of Coach Wooden's favorite athletes, great admirer of him. Um, and uh, what he thought made Russell so special was, was Bill's understanding of what it was all about uh, to be a team player. And that was uh, Bill Russell's whole lot in life. He, he, he liked to uh, subvert the me ego for the we ego and he thought what made the selling so great the only thing they were interested in was what they could accomplish as a team and because the team ended up so being uh, being so great with that attitude there was a sense of unselfishness and you know they they won more titles and wearing more rings than anybody in the history of the nba and all of the players who played on that had wonderful careers and lifelong relationships. And that's what really mattered. Yeah. Interesting. Because that, that's the kind of thing that, uh, you know, as organizations or people who are running organizations have got to accomplish, they've got to accomplish that, that we approach and, and that, you know, cooperation between players, because the, the metric today, because of the internet, is really the ultimate buyer. Because the ultimate buyer believes the world's transparent and they're going to look inside your company and they're going to figure out, are you just conning me or do you really believe those things you say? And is your, is your organization as uh, purposeful as you advertise or is that just a sham? Yeah. So we got to figure that stuff out. Well, I think one of the powerful connections there, uh, and I, I think about this story happened a few months ago. We were sitting uh, at the table with uh, seven members of uh, it's called the Young Presidents Organization, YPO. It exists across the country. And uh, some of the uh, YPO uh, chapters these days, uh, some of the members aren't as young as they used to be. <laughs> I don't think they grandfather people out. But we had a very powerful group of seven people sitting around the table uh, chatting about uh, these things. Uh, uh, all about Coach Wooden in the book and things like that. They just asked us to come in and, you know, it was a little learning session for them. And uh, one of those, one of these guys happens to run uh, a $35 billion company worldwide with 750,000 employees. 
they ha actually happen to be in the security business and he probably has a couple hundred thousand of those employees carrying a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine what some of his, uh, uh, he might, what he might be thinking about some of his worst fears are and the idea of having a collaborative, cooperative people with a good integrity and good character and their heads on straight every day, how important that is. But one of the ideas that came to the table that day, Rick, was we shared one of Coach's most important quotes, which, which is, the star of the team is the team. <laughs> and when we shared that, the CEO of this company literally grabbed his head yeah, put his head in his hands and he says, oh my God, if I'd have heard this four months ago, it has saved me three and a half million dollars in a check I had to write to my very selfish CFO who thought he was the star of the team. <laughs> and that's so resonated. And whether it's at the top with a CFO that you're paying millions of dollars to run the financial side of your business, or it's in an entry level employee, that was something coach was able to accomplish. There was no question that the most important part of this whole idea was it was all about the team. So it's all about the organization. It's all about the culture. It's about all about what we can accomplish together. And if it works for the team, it's gonna work for the individuals on the team. And, and that's what's so difficult, uh, I think, for companies to get a hold of today coach's definition of team spirit, a genuine consideration for others um, and uh, an opportunity um, to sacrifice personal interests for the betterment of all. I mean, that's what real team spirit is all about. Well, you know, Lynn, I think the, the, the team today has even gone beyond uh, our leadership and our employees and our stakeholders. I think it's our our customers as well, because, you know, for us to create great value, we really have to um, be able to almost be in the, the customer's head to understand what's important to them and, you know, why they need change or they need something. And so we've got to make the whole community, which includes the customer, part of our team today. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get your customer on your team and they really feel like, uh, I, I remember some years back when we were launching the Infinity Division, we had an opportunity to work with Harley Davidson. Uh, they actually sent a number of people to see what we were doing with Infinity. And out of that came Harley Davidson University. Uh, and uh, a number of those kinds of concepts began to be taught there. And it, it, we used to talk about that idea. You know, when a, when a company will tattoo your logo on their body, <laughs> you, you know they're in, right? That's <laughs> and, right. If you think of the kind of loyalty that 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 the uh, Harley Davidson customer has to that brand from a culture standpoint, <clears throat> you get a grasp. Now they obviously have some unique ways of doing that, but that's kind of the sense on it. You know, is anybody walking around with a Walmart uh, tattoo? Uh, there might be a Walmart employee or two, but yeah. that, that's kind of the basic idea. I, I really should have a pyramid of success tattoo on my right arm. <laughs> Uh, probably before I'm dead and gone, uh, because that, that's how much I believe in it. Well, two, two last questions for you. First one is, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, what, what came out of the pandemic that, you know, uh, Coach Wooden can, 
you know, help us with, you know, what, what thoughts or what approach uh, did, did Coach bring to us that we should pay attention to? Well, I think the, uh, to me, uh, and that was an interesting question when, you know, when you sent me the prep questions and that, that caused me to think about a number of things, but this idea of what the pandemic, it put us in a place where personal responsibility became so huge. I mean, we all ended up in our own little personal bubble. And the question is, how well did you handle that? And how well did you coach yourself? And how well are you coaching yourself through all of these things that you, you feel like you have absolutely no control over? Uh, Wooden was a master at controlling the controllables, but not worrying about the things he had no control over. Um, that was very important. And then the idea that I've got to be responsible for coaching myself and like within my family, right? Man, if dad and mom look like they're absolutely panicking, right, in front of the team, how are the kids feeling about what's going on? And even within a company, if, if somebody isn't doing a good job of coaching themselves through these challenges and these processes, uh, and you could take some of the blocks of the pyramid, like self-control as an example, like alertness, uh, being sensitive to the situation and things that are going on, uh, not letting the pandemic um, uh, take away your initiative, you know, your ability to not be fearful and, uh, and, and to, to continue moving forward and to start things. And the intentness block, hey, I'm still gonna finish, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still in the game, uh, we're gonna do this well, um, and, and I'm going to do my best. So uh, the, I, I think a little, the pandemic uh, related a little bit to an experience a few years back in my own life when I got cancer. And I, I had a serious bout with cancer in my throat. And the pyramid of success was really important in my day-to-day -day battle to fight through that, to stay alive, uh, to stay vital. Um, uh, to keep, I had to keep my business running, you know, a, a whole lot of things that had to happen when, you know, I was, I was worried about living or dying. Uh, but, and the pyramid of success helped me to do that every day. It, it was a blueprint to remind me the behavior that I'm challenged to exhibit to at least try to do my best every day, even within the most challenging of conditions. And COVID was a lot, was a cancer still is uh, for a lot of people today. So fighting that battle, you need some tools to do it. You know, Lynn, uh, in the book, it was that coaching yourself part that to me was really both powerful and unique. You know, I read 30, 40 books a year or more, and I never had somebody present, you know, that set of tools in that way and make it clear I was accountable for doing that. And, you know, I found that really very fascinating. And we like to talk about the idea of uh, promoting yourself to be the head coach of your life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, by the way, if you're not going to take on that role, who is? Yeah. Right? And who can do it better than you? Uh, yeah. And so in the book, we try to get, try to create that excitement. Um, you know, Rick, I, I like to think about the impact, uh, you know, that a coach can make. Um, and uh, we, we sort of think of a continuum from 
something simple like informational. Hey, a coach can share some things with you and it might change how you think. Um, uh, a coach uh, can, can also be, uh, can take you to a, to a position where it isn't just information uh, that they share with you, but it's a, it's a key idea that takes you to, to other uh, key levels, uh, some possibilities. Uh, a coach can inspire you. So you move from the idea of informational uh, impact to inspirational impact. And there, there may be even an opportunity to get involved in developmental impact. Yeah, and, yeah. and you don't just give people something that inspires them, you give them something that helps them and improves them and develops them. But what Coach Wooden gives us is also a possibility to take it, I think, even two higher levels. One is this idea of transformational impact. Yeah. And then finally, generational impact. Yeah. Uh, change your life, change your heart, change your trajectory, and maybe even change the destiny of your family for generations to come. Yeah. That's, that's the message of what uh, I think Coach Wooden shares with us. And it all starts with coaching yourself. Well, then my, my final question for you is if hopefully everybody that watches this is going to want to know how to, to get more, learn more, uh, get more involved in, in what you are doing in uh, coaches' uh, behalf, what should they do or where can they go or, you know? Great. Yeah. Th thanks uh, for the opportunity to, to plug it a little bit. Obviously, the book is for sale uh, uh, pretty much on, on any of the, the sites. Go to Amazon, uh, just punch in Coach Them Way Up and you'll find an opportunity to buy the book and uh, and also to write a review, uh, if you would. Uh, in the book, actually, we offer a discount for an, a very important opportunity called the Individual Success Assessment. And a great way to, to get this process started is to take a good, hard, inside look at your own behavior. And we provide a very powerful tool to enable you uh, to do that. Uh, we also have uh, coachemwayup.com where you can get information on the book. And the main website is at thejohnrwoodencourse.com, www.thejohnrwoodencourse.com. And, you know, we're involved in things now, Rick, like uh, taking uh, people through a certification process where they can become a certified uh, John R. Woodenway coach and begin to teach and coach and speak on these things themselves. And we're working with a lot of individuals and some some companies I, I could mention uh, on that endeavor as well. There's also online coaching and teaching virtual sessions that can be done, but most of it's available informationally at the John R. .com. Well, that's great. And Lynn, I really appreciate, this has been a great uh, interview today and I hope we get a lot of people to take a look at it because you're really creating a platform for people to actually create uh, people-first cultures uh, and that can last for decades. So that we need a lot of that. Yeah, and I think our challenge here is, Rick, is we're, uh, you know, Coach and I you, you like to talk about life is a four-quarter game, <laughs> right? The challenge is we don't know how long the quarters last. <laughs> now, now, Coach Wooden lived to be 99 years and nearly nine months, so his quarters lasted almost 25 years, which is a nice long quarter. 
but you know, as we're probably entering, we're, we're probably closer to our fourth quarter than we are our third quarter. But you know, our desire, you know, to make the rest of our days the best of our days ought to be a challenge uh, and an opportunity for all of us. And I think a lot of these things that we share here can help you do that in your own life and obviously put other people on that same positive path. Well, and given the quarter we're in, I really liked your generational uh, comment there a few minutes ago because, you know, at this point that becomes very, very important. So Yeah, that's the legacy, right? The legacy we're going to leave uh, is mostly about the people we've impacted and the people we've loved and the people who love us. That's ultimately what's going to matter. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you. And uh, uh, maybe we'll get you back again someday. I know we didn't cover everything. <laughs> Be happy to do that, Rick. Great being with you.